Hello and welcome back to Primal Pod and Cast, brought to you by the Arc of E Network. My name is Noah. And once again, I'm joined by my intrepid co-host, Mr. Mikey Chappelle. Say hello, Mikey. Hey, everybody. We are back once again to discuss exactly what we expected: Colossus Two, Two, uh, not Part Two. Just I, you know, I dig it. I dig the Roman numerals. It's very classy. Uh, but yeah, as, as suspected and as much discussed in our previous episode, it's two different guys. It's definitely two different guys. As we were right, as confirmed <laughs> we totally in the right. opening, like you know, three minutes of this, uh, where we do get yeah, the second Colossus, if you will, uh, coming out of the ground. So a, as suspected, he can be transported by by dude is what i'm thinking so he could pretty much pop up anywhere but it's kind of a tease because he doesn't he doesn't you know come across our characters again but they've got enough to deal with uh (laughs) what an episode yeah oh my god uh tremendous yeah one of my favorites of the season great great, just great yeah another great episode of primal shocker so big early chunk they've done this i feel like very very sparingly but this was one of the most effective uses of it they repeated animation yes like that montage of just the the enemy changing but the Mm -hmm. core like spear comes in riding on fang's back he's got the dual blades like takes out a couple dudes then we cut over to the colossus just smashing people and then we just see the repetition of this and it's just like oh my god dude they're just you know i'm glad you brought that up because that was kind of one of my favorite things like Mm -hmm. it was because normally you see that as just like a laziness tactic to like you know just yeah normally that's Yeah. yeah normally that's reserved for like you know early 60s cartoons and like yeah. some early anime but, or like speed racer loves to like read the screens, use of it yeah. as a plot device exactly. i think it was genius yeah because right? yeah. like at this point no one's going to accuse them of being lazy no. but it's it's practical and it was very effective and i thought it was great Yes, and you're just like the the passage of time, which the show is so great at showing. But the little things of like, oh my god, dude. Okay, so you mentioned that the tiny tiger uh, yep. in the previous episode, and like, wonder if that's going to be a thing. When she initially goes and picks it up, I was like, girl, do not, don't, don't kill, don't hurt that tiger. But of course, yeah. then they unceremoniously murder the owner, the king, in yeah. front of her. And of course, I'm like, okay, that's fine. As long as the, as long as the tiger's gonna be okay. So she's just like piling up this menagerie. She's got her dinosaur eggs. She's got her, her tiger, which is growing and growing and growing. And not eggs um, anymore. Yep, not at the not at the end of this episode. <laughs> nope, they finally hatch. Just in the midst of all this other chaos and every other like you know storyline converging. Yeah. That's of course the perfect moment. To, yeah, to have Which to deal with two baby dinosaurs. Brilliant show. <laughs> yes. Just like, hey, we and, think we got you on this end, and now here's a new plot device that you, you as a viewer, have to deal with emotionally. Yes. And uh, to to that point, probably the biggest revelation of this entire episode is the dynamic of the first Colossus, if you will, uh, and that he has with the evil queen, empress, whatever we want to call her. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it basically an, yet another reveal of like why people fight and their motivation. And it's like, yeah. once you see that, like, can you feel yeah. like, you know, he didn't want, like, he didn't want to smash that baby. Yeah. Like he Change, didn't wanna, yeah. changes the character completely. 100%. And now it, al- and now it aligns motivations with the protagonists we've been watching since season one. So now all three of those characters are on the same page and they're and they're very much in the same way as spear and fang they're bound together now through yep. this like this gauntlet of war that they've been put through over the course of again what seems like could a year of time could have spanned at this point yeah. i feel like easily we also got to that feudal japan part that you were talking about yes just a, just a little <laughs> little taste little taste what we're saying is that every prediction that we had came true and we're geniuses yes 
they're yeah we definitely <laughs> could be writing this obviously 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 yeah uh, just put kidding. that on my uh, resume 100 <laughs> uh but yeah tartakovsky and company continue to just uh absolutely amaze me what else what else in here stuck out to you i mean beyond just some fantastic imagery as always I, in particular dude i don't know if it was just the sheer variety of new environments we were seeing yeah. new character designs but yeah it was just i mean the animation is always you know exemplary and like really a standout but something about this episode i was just like i don't know dude there's just and i know they he's talked about you know, they'll have different lead animators across the season. So it's like sometimes Spear looks a little different, like in the face, you know, episode yeah. to episode. It's a slight, you know, different variation because it's like it's not always they're not trying to adhere to this like, oh, it has to be frame perfect every single time. Yeah. So I like those little subtle differences you get between whoever's doing the bulk of the animating for the given episode. And obviously the, the way they divide up seasons I, I don't yeah. know. It feels like even more cinematic than it already has been. It, um, it really does. And I think a lot of it had to do with Spears emoting. There's a lot mm -hmm. of like, he had a bunch of very specific moments that he had to just portray some sort of emotions, like the gentleness with Fang, like in the sympathy and the understanding, and then seeing Mira again in those final scenes. And then the immediate transition to, oh, I'm in Spear mode now and I'm going to. Yeah mess some stuff up dude okay so mira in parallel to this she's basically part of i guess kind of vaguely like a harem i don't really know what the you know i don't think we're exploring the sexual dynamics yeah. on primal quite but yet. it's highly implied but yeah it's definitely there yeah uh so yeah we get the you know the dancers and everything and then <laughs> we get mira's supposed to dance she doesn't know what to do uh, and the, the queen steps up and then basically does a dance that culminates in a very uh, a Spartan-esque uh, 300 yes. type of uh, I'm going to kick you yes. off the, the top deck. And once you yeah. see the perspective of this from the outside later on when Spear is going to climb up and it's like, oh, okay. that's like her main tower. She's just like chilling yeah. up there all the time doing whatever. And yeah, not a, not a great way to go. Just plummeting to your to your death but uh what are you gonna do okay so yeah there is the moment of communication where uh spear i it was a little bit i was like guys it's, it's been a long time like it took <laughs> it took you this yeah. long to devise yeah. an escape plan like okay okay <laughs> feeling right. it out whatever but anyways uh well i guess it's they get um oh my god dude again so much in this episode i'm like losing track yeah they keep having the repetition of them arriving on, on shores, just obliterating whoever. And, uh, and that's that making away with the spoils of war, etc. They arrive on the shore of, uh, do we really get a look at like what type of civilization this was supposed to be? Nothing goes into the death. peaceful I one, if you will. Oh, I don't think oh that one. Like, yeah. yeah. Not, See, not this necessarily, was but I, I do like the fact that they kind of like, brought up the african influence in it mm -hmm. you know and it's that was definitely it, there like in some yeah. of the bangles it's, and like stuff like yeah, that yeah that's something you rarely see portrayed in this kind of environment you know because i think people are a bit afraid to go there as far as like the concrete thing because of the questionable right nature of how stuff happens but then just to get like and also these, do we do we all of a sudden want to have spear like slaughtering a bunch of of black and yeah. like brown people. I don't know. Exactly. Um, yeah. It's a little but easier I, to stomach when it's just Vikings that we care about, but maybe yeah. it complicates things a little further. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. But I think it's, it was just really smart world building to think that like, this wasn't a surprise, you know, mm -hmm. like these people knew they were coming. Yes. So obviously it's like mitigate their the reputation precedes yeah. them. And it's like, this is our form of communication essentially. Yeah. It's like, what if we offer you and you're and i'm sitting there going like oh like yeah this is how civilizations evolve it's like some people are like hey yeah. but we can do this for you we don't have to fight like we'll give you some yep. of what we have we don't have to it's, make a thing of it and it, just it makes so, that sequence all the more painful so upsetting <laughs> yeah. to watch and yeah. you just of course 
the Colossus goes and is like, look, these people brought you fish. They brought you vegetables. Like, can you just be satisfied with this? And she threatens the kid again and he just has to go and do it. And that just hammered home for me again, where I'm like, he took no pleasure in that fight with Spear and Fang earlier. And so it's so hard to like hold any sort of grudge against him. For what it's happened with the, with the egg man. i know i just like yeah. to flip that on a dime not where i was yeah it was more of i was just watching this tension point i didn't have this bloodlust of like oh they got to get that guy the person mm-hmm. who now i am like she's got to go is that queen i was just like she yeah. has got to go dude i do not like her she's dangerous she's evil like yeah. we gotta the, get her out of the equation the amount of storyboarding that must have gone into just this one episode is insane or even just to reveal the fact that like if you're a showrunner you're like this is where the story's going and everybody going that's a brilliant move right because it really is like it's you set up expectations and then you totally dash them in this really subtle and terrifying sequence and i mean that's why i think the show is brilliant and again that's a oh, moment it. that i had to remind myself happened yeah. in this episode and it's one of the most brilliant yeah. things of the whole series like yeah. oh God, always this is... out dialogue <laughs> like yes that's... and we have we have pretty much returned to like even let there's you know he still says mira when he sees mira obviously so yeah. back to yeah. the escape again ignoring the fact that i think maybe they could have done this a couple months ago whatever um oh anyways i fixed my train of thought the whole reason that they're rewarded that night with uh all the extra meat yeah is because is it right after that is it when he goes when the colossus goes in and slaughters the whole i believe village? it is yeah yes yeah. so that's their reward essentially and so because like fang's getting a extra portion of meat and everything um spears able to manipulate the guy he gets out yeah. and of course very smartly is like no fang you gotta stay here yeah but colossus come help me like stealth kill yeah. all these guys and he's like not gonna do it basically because yeah. they're still wary about like yeah. this alliance but i like that i think yeah. by the end of it i mean it's left on a cliffhanger of like what's what's the choice gonna be but anyways yeah. so spear maneuvers out i was kind of hoping for like a nice nighttime stealth like kill a bunch of people sequence but i did like that it was just he's a little more cunning and just like maneuvers yeah. his way around it's kind of yeah. cool so uh he gets up there sees mira again of course and then like you said immediately is into spear mode he gets to yeah. he gets to duel a little bit with her and i thought her like her prowess as a like as a fighter compared to him like i bought through the animation i bought that like she's quick like she she would be a formidable thing for him to fight because like as as ferocious as he is like she's she's Mm -hmm. slender she's faster like if they really have to go toe to toe i don't know who would win kind of thing exactly and that's the first time instincts too it's like like and we've seen how absolutely ruthless she is yeah yeah and oh my god like while he was doing all that stuff it's just this unspoken thing where it's like okay grab the important stuff like the egg like the babies and all that stuff and just like get them out of there which is like it it speaks a lot to the bond that they have because then it was like this immediate teamwork like okay Mm -hmm. i trust that you're going to take care of the adversaries are coming this way while they're distracted i'm going to take care of what's important and then help you out in the meantime dude and the the pace the pacing of all of this where things are escalating you're like oh my god they're trapped like how are they going to get out of this the eggs hatch which causes the babies to scream which fang immediately is just again i'm like you could have done this like months ago girl (laughs) she just tears through the metal gate tears up through the bow of the ship and then you know she's caught in the midst of it and then finally the kind of where we leave things right is the colossus shows up and it's like my daughter's here (laughs) dinosaur eggs here spear like everybody's kind of laid out in front of him and it's like where's what's he gonna do who's he gonna help like 
because again you're getting so worked up like dude hell yeah this escapes working yep. they're out of this they're gonna and then before you know it like the eggs are snatched back out of her hand they're both at like at spear point again and you're just like oh my god yeah. dude yeah, right. like this is hopeless what the yeah. hell are we gonna do this is the and first then, episode where i legitimately lost track of time like in the other ones oh, there was like absolutely. a lot of tension and i like kept thinking okay but it's been probably about 18 minutes so like we're probably going to get a like cliffhanger or something. And this one, I just forgot. There was like an entire suspension of that. Oh, absolutely. And, and it, as soon uh, as it went to cry, I was just like, oh yeah. man, but I'm so, I'm so jazzed. And I, yeah. as soon as it was over, I was just like, dude, what a great episode. So what I watched a great week. On, this is going to be a fun I watched it on Saturday and my girlfriend mm-hmm. came in like five minutes before it was done. And she's like, oh, you're watching Primal? And I was like, yeah, this, this is insane. She's like, oh, okay, and going about her stuff. And then this the episode ended. Yeah. And I forgot that they're only like 20-something minutes. And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and then she came out and thought something was on fire. Right. And I was like, nope, no, nope, it's just, just a TV. Really show. great television. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just in it. Oh my God, dude. Yeah. Great time. I mean, again, we're left on another cliffhanger. I don't know how much we want to speculate, but my hope is through sheer force of will and them all banding together the four of them and maybe these little (laughs) maybe the t-rex babies can be ankle biters i don't know but i hope if they all band together they (laughs) they can just take them down but with our luck i feel like the bigger colossus is just gonna like show up in the middle of that boat and like tear through the center of it and you know all hell's gonna break loose speaking of colossus what what uh format are you watching this on? Uh, I'm watching it on HBO Max through my PS4 okay. on my Sony flat screen that is about 15 years old. Uh, yeah, eight, 1080, but not 4K. Yeah. Oh, I, I was just <laughs> curious as to what thing. Oh, that, uh, I'm glad that you was probably that, way, that was probably way too much. It was way more than you asked. I'm watching it on my television. <laughs> watching it on my television is the exact correct amount of information but most of it's like <laughs> i just want to know because i i pulled up hbo and in the description mm-hmm. the colossus is how they refer to the ship that they're on okay yeah and, and i thought that was i i don't know if that's just like a weird like intentional coincidence or if I, that's what they wanted when they i will say colossus you know i had for most of these i have been reading the primal wiki before we record Mm -hmm. just to refresh my memory if i watch the episode like a few days removed i haven't done that with these last two so of course i'm sitting here going oh the colossus like of course you know of course it's the big guy we're referring to but i'm like yeah no it could have been the ship and the ship makes sense because we've been two episodes on the ship yeah i mean that's just what i was curious because like people watching this live on like adult swim don't have that like quote-unquote privilege of information right you know, so I, I don't think I some funny thing new. It was just like in the episode description, they were just like, oh, yeah. Yeah. And they're... I'm curious, I'm curious, like if the HBO Max uh, description is different from, say, like if you're on your digital cable watching it on Adult Swim and you do like the info guide or whatever, like, yeah, is that different too? I, I don't know. This is a whole new medium that I have never thought about. <laughs> just like the f- like streaming service in which you consume this giving away different well that's kind of i mean that's kind of what's fun about the show whether you're doing it on a mass scale with like people on the reddit or whatever or you're just chatting with your your one other friend that watches it like we are um but it's kind of it's parsing through like the symbols and like some of the like the stuff that's just glossed over and because we don't have dialogue it's like oh okay well do you think like this is referring to this thing or like what do you want to call this guy or whatever or this little civilization and kind of like building your own narrative around it it's like until the show like outright confirms or says like a b or c is this then yeah that's kind of half the fun is is the speculation that's kind of another point i didn't think about with the show with very limited dialogue (laughs) is that like i know exactly what you're talking about yeah but yeah no that's wild uh so yeah i almost don't want to speculate too much all i want to say is she's already lost two babies 
and one unborn egg. Okay. I need those two to be okay. That's just, that is the primary concern, but here's, this is just my devil's advocate, weird speculation. If they force it into some sort of thing where like Mira self-sacrifices for the eggs, I would be devastated. If they, if they do something like that, where it's like, I'm so invested in, yes, I want those babies to live, but if it's at the expense of one of our, our other leads, I all, then, I mean, what if they killed off Fang and then it's Spear and Mira are left to raise these, these T-Rex. It speaks to the level of show you're watching where like you have, because watching it now, you realize that like even back in season one, those two baby dinosaur deaths were a long-term investment, right? So now we're like yes. super invested in everything. And now whatever they do, the stakes are raised. Mm-hmm. It's I like I know we talked about Game of Thrones a little bit last week, but that's kind of why people got invested in Game of Thrones, right? You realize absolutely that yeah, yeah. every character you love is not safe. Mm-hmm. So you keep watching because you don't have to worry. Oh, they're the hero. They're going to stay. No, people, people leave at any given point. Right. And now I have to see this through. And I think it's, I think it's a really good move. And I like, that's why it's a great show is because I'm invested in the motivations of every single character. Yeah. I am. I'm also very curious if we'll kind of wrap up uh, this period of enslavement and this kind of storyline they've been on for the last two episodes. And we'll kind of put a, a definitive end on that and have like, oh, okay, going into the finale, it's like, oh, things have chilled out. Like you would yeah. think we're going on to a new adventure. And just when things have calmed down, then the, yeah. the big, big guy is uh, reintroduced. But uh, I don't know. I feel like we could be sitting here next week and going like, oh, that was a hell of a cliffhanger. Can't wait to see how this yep. whole thing wraps up. Cause I just, I, I really don't know what to expect. I'm just very, very excited for it. So and that's the best um, part about it. Right. It's like, they, they supposed oh, to not know what's happening yeah. and that's in a good way. One other thing I did want to bring up that, that I kind of had as a, a passing thought. So we had varying reactions to the primal theory but part of the whole argument of that episode was very much like if you strip all all of our humanity away, like eventually your your primal core will take over, et cetera, et cetera. But what I feel like now, especially established through the uh, enslaved Colossus, if that's what we're calling him and his uh, his child and that being the stakes and the re- his motivation for everything that's kind of been an established core running theme is like why people fight the way they do or what they yeah. choose to fight for and i feel like it's almost it's this challenge to like well do you is is spear this way because it's you know it's in his nature or is it a thing that at pretty much every single turn he's been motivated to fight as viciously and you know yeah. terrifyingly as he has because he has genuine emotional human yeah. stakes that go yeah. beyond some primal instinct but are more motivated by relationships and all of that. Yeah. So I feel like showing more and more dimensionality to him and again decision making little tiny things like oh I'm out of my cell, but like I have the presence of mind to not bring out the giant dinosaur and alert everybody right now. Again, shit, you would just not think a caveman would be smart enough not to do. And I think they they kind of set us up for that and just like implying that Spear was like some type of quote unquote caveman character. But every move he's made throughout every season has been like justly motivated and relatively intelligent or, you know, like he makes decisions. Like I didn't notice this until like, you know, the prison break, but then I thought about it. I'm like every, you know, yeah, he gets in scraps and he crushes it or whatever, but every single time he's gone up against something, he does have to formulate some sort of plan that he innately pulls off. 
Yeah. You know, so there's even if it is like, him sometimes literally like beating his head against a rock until he realizes like this isn't working. Okay, I gotta try this thing. Because yeah. there's definitely sequences like that. But sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah. No, no. And that's the thing too, is like sometimes he just knows, oh, I'm strong enough to beat this amount of foes. You know, yeah. and like he he doesn't rush into things like you think instinctually he would. Mm-hmm. You know, there like every time something happens, because either I have to do this or there's a reason i'm doing this so i don't think there's really been any example where he just blindly just starts fighting anybody so like there's a degree of intelligence we can assume about him at this point which is kind of incredible yeah not something i and he's uttered like one word in infinite amount of shouts the entire time you know like there's been no first person exposition it's all just been like oh like and i feel like as the episodes progress i still learn more about how these characters think and interact and what motivates them all without them saying anything yeah it's it's magic dude it's the magic of fucking animation i love it so much all right uh that's a great place to leave our primal discussion but i know you're watching house of the dragon i still have not touched it but I did watch the first two episodes of The Rings of Power. That's actually what I'm about to do. Okay. Done. Well, I will not skew your uh, viewing experience with what I thought of it. All I will say is, I will say this. If you finish the pilot and feel like, all right, I I don't know if you're a little iffy. I think there's a very good reason that they release two at the same time. I think it's very yeah. purposeful to watch them together. Okay. That's not a spoiler. I watched the first one and I was genuinely like, I don't know how I feel about this yet. Like could be good. Could be terrible. I, I don't know. I'm like, I'm kind of liking the vibes of this, but I just don't know. And then I watched the second one, like uh, two days later. And I was like, I'm very excited to watch the rest of the show. I'm, I am for, I literally, I went and re-downloaded uh, Shadows of War the uh, <laughs> from a couple years ago for my PS4. I'm probably going to rewatch the trilogy like very, very soon. I'm, I'm back in the headspace immediately. Just purely like visually speaking, it, it scratches that itch for sure. Uh, we'll talk itch. more in depth on that yeah. next week, obviously. Yeah. Um, some other ones I'll run past you just because I have no other venue to do this right now. I will say for people that um, are kind of, if you will, main feed listeners on here uh, who are wondering where Gavin is, he is, he's alive. He is around and we will, <laughs> we'll be back with a new two by two very, very soon. We just recently wrapped recording on all of our summers in the ER uh, episodes. Those are all going to be up on Patreon by the end of this week that you're hearing this. Uh, if you want to go over to the patreon.com slash the arc of E and subscribe, you can listen to those episodes. They're a good time. Anyways, that's what Gavin has been spending his time doing most of the summer. So, okay. He will be back. I just wanted to let people know that. But anyways, in his stead, since I have no other venue right now to talk about movies or TV and I was sick this weekend, happy Labor Day to me. I, I caught up on a bunch of stuff. So I watched two I don't know if you've seen either of these. I watched two, two and a half plus hour. Hello, dog. Okay, that's Luna. She's that's so she's crazy. She like, as I acknowledged her, her head just like zipped back behind, from my perspective, zipped back behind your chair. So yep. it just looked like she disappeared out of nowhere. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I watched two, two and a half plus hour uh, films that were based on true stories directed by auteurs one came out last year one came out this year um they were both heavily publicized for a lot of different elements i don't know why i'm talking around it i finally caught up with house of gucci the ridley scott movie from last (laughs) year and i also watched elvis yep which is now on hbo max have you seen either of these films i have not watched house of gucci because it was just lower on the list than all the other movies i still have yet to catch because again listeners i'm in grad school right now and it's 
Gucci is not a priority for me, is what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but totally understandable. I did, I did find a window of time. Like you watched Elvis. Had, yeah, we had one, we had one day, like in this, like she does theater and she's a resident mm-hmm. artist in this local theater company called Theater Lab Dayton. So if she's not acting in performance, she's probably set designing or costumes or something. She's brilliant. Nice. But with the two of our like school, I have the band, and then she has all that stuff. Like the time that we get to spend together is usually spent doing nothing, watching something we've already seen before and not thinking. Right. We finally found a weekend where we had time to like go catch a movie. And the only oh, thing so you, playing, you saw it properly on the big screen. I, I saw it, <laughs> I saw it in theaters, and we went to a 10 a.m. matinee at a local independent movie theater that we love called the Neon Dayton. Shout out to the Neon. Nice. And we thought that we were going to be the only people there. Packed we house, I'm not, assuming. Yeah. Not not necessarily packed, oh, okay. but we were the youngest people by like 30 years. <laughs> which i'm getting older now so that's like saying something right and we're both big baz Luhrmann fans and we saw the people walking so. into this movie about elvis and i immediately thought they are not going to like this <laughs> and right? what, you know, what was the what was the general consensus of that uh, audience from the vibe in the room what do you think <laughs> the performances like the like I, I personally think Austin Butler did a great job just like going all in, doing what he had to do. The performances were awesome. Like, you know, the performances like the performance in the movie are like, kind of undeniable, even though yeah. I think, a I mean, a huge portion of them are original recording. I, I, I don't know. I didn't go into yeah. too much of the behind the scenes, but I guess a lot of the earlier stuff, it is Austin Butler doing some of the live singing. Yeah. Not that it really, everything in that movie is such a cacophony of sound yeah. like yep. the entire time. But anyways, it continue. Walk me through yeah. it. But the, yeah. the tension that happened in the moments between performances in the theater was palpable. Because like <laughs> I think people were expecting like another just generic biopic you know, like everybody showed up to that theater ready to see like Ray. Well, here's from, you know here's my thing though. <laughs> I agree, but this kind of to me felt like Baz Luhrmann's Ray or Walk the Line. That's exactly where, what it was. <laughs> but I, here, but here's what I wanted, dude. I, I and I I still I don't know how to gauge. I don't know if you were are you a are you very positive on it? Was it more like it was entertaining? What What was your overall take? I didn't feel like I wasted my money. I'm glad I like, but I also knew what I was going into. You know, like, do, I, do I, you think it is a is one of his that you will rewatch in the same way that you would say maybe Romeo plus Juliet or Moulin Rouge? Not to that level. Okay. No. No. Or even Gatsby, I would say, is maybe a little more rewatchable. My thing with yeah. this. It was exhausting, which I I expected. Okay, and I watched yes. it at home. It's on HBO Max now. Yeah. It's a good time to talk yeah. about it, I guess, for everybody who didn't catch it in the theater. Um, I'm a like I was raised on Elvis. I'm very much a diehard. I used to dress up as yeah. I was a little kid. Like I've seen <laughs> yeah. a remarkable amount of the movies, like his Hollywood period. I've yeah. seen all of these concerts that are recreated in the movie. I've seen the original footage. Like my mom owns all of these on VHS. She saw him twice when he was alive. Like yeah. um, he's a big part of my life. So obviously I have a certain, when I hear Baz Luhrmann's doing it, I'm like, all right, this is going to be fucking wild. Like I'm, yeah. I'm intrigued, but then I start hearing more details in the buildup to this. And it's like, Okay. Yeah. okay. Tom, Tom Hanks like campaigned for the role of Colonel Tom Parker. Like he, he really wanted to do this. He wanted to put on this makeup and that accent and go out and do this movie. I think it is inarguably the worst performance of Tom Hanks's career, like shockingly bad. Uh, did you see Larry Crown? I did not watch Larry Crown. That's him directing himself too. Yeah, that is. You uh, watch. You should watch Larry Crown and watch uh, Larry Crown this week and then, reassess. Yeah. But yeah, I I'm do. Not, I do see I, where you're coming, Mikey. From. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be very honest with you. I'm not gonna watch Larry Crown. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some people do that. I'm gonna put it on my list. I'm never I'm not gonna, gonna watch Larry Crown. I'm not gonna do it. 
I gotta do it. Understood. That and, hey, you know, like, hey, that thing you do, good movie though. So yeah. he he's a capable director. Yeah, like you're you're missing nothing from that film, but at the same time, I see where you're coming from. And part of my issue beyond that performance is the framing of the whole movie from yeah. the perspective of Colonel Tom Parker as the yeah. narrator and ostensibly main character was just fucking baffling to me, dude. Yeah. Also, again, the the choices, the decision making throughout, yeah. one, just like the things we chose to gloss over versus mm-hmm. the things we tr- chose to try and highlight. Yeah. Um, where it's like. We want to acknowledge how much black music played a role in his music and him, him being the bridge between white and black culture and like bringing this into the mainstream. We want to acknowledge that, but beyond like a, I believe like two minute scene with BB King, (laughs) there are no black characters in this two and a half hour movie that have any sort of like extended dialogue or perspective on anything that's going on they're almost fetishized in the flashbacks it was very fucking weird but again i'm also sitting here going like yeah no but this is how baz lerman crazy australian sees american culture and the cult of elvis and all of it yeah and that's my thing is i'm like then make that crazy fucking wild ass movie dude yeah don't give me the sanitized like almost watered down like dude there are scenes where i'm like it's walk hard like without yeah. irony he's just yeah. doing dewey cox walk right hard. now but yeah. like does he get Which was it's like way better movie <laughs> i mean it's an american masterpiece it's one of the yeah, best comedies could, of the last I like, 20 years I that's say. a whole other podcast we'll have to get together and do it's just i got 10 episodes of walk hard in me dude <laughs> and and it's and it's one of those where it's like yeah in the wake of that movie you ne- like are you allowed to make a biopic in the same way ever again yeah. and as as heightened and visually like stimulating yeah. as the movie was and i never lost interest in like just the sheer batshit craziness yeah. of the visuals i was like yeah. the dude's still like one of the most compelling visual filmmakers out there he's yes. a total original but i just wanted yeah. the movie to like be more balls out if that makes yeah. sense in its narrative beyond just its style He's so visual and such a good, like, fictitious storyteller that I don't think they should have trusted him with a nonfiction. I'm shocked that they did. I'm shocked that that he got to make this movie on this scale, the kind of, we're going to make the definitive representation of Elvis for modern audiences. It's the first time, like, really since Kurt Russell in 79, the John Carpenter TV movie has really tackled playing him yeah and again like i i think austin butler goes far beyond like i I don't know how you feel about bohemian rhapsody i hate that movie i'm not a rami malik fan and my big issue with it is it is pure caricature it's not it's just it's just an imitation like he's literally he's lip-syncing everything He's got yeah. the like the process. He's like leaning into the accent so much. I think it's one of the worst best actor wins in recent history. That's just my personal opinion. If you dug the movie, I'm not here to hate on you. But I, I thought didn't watch it because I was not ready to watch another biopic because music biopics. I dude, don't it, it, like. it commits. I, 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 it commits I, all the sins. I it, really it's don't like literally... it because, like, again, I'll watch Dewey Cox and just have the exact same experience but a lot more fun with it yes you know like and it, it and it gets them all in there like yeah. it covers the entire gamut and exactly. in an hour and a half like why do you need to sit yeah. through a two and a half hour one of these movies yeah. um but yeah dude i'm i don't regret watching it i had a lot of fun with it. i think it's super entertaining i do think it is yeah. kind of glorious glorious trash i think yeah. the movie's kind of hamstrung by the whole the tom hanks of it all yeah, because I think, I think again, yeah, Austin Butler's really doing something there. Fully commits, like he's in it. But I also yeah. feel like the nature of the filmmaking and that script don't ever let that character become three dimensional in any way. But that's also not the aim of the movie. Like I get yeah. that the movie's yeah. looking at him as this like otherworldly, like heightened you know, figure. Products, you know? Yes, yeah. 
But I also don't think it fully nails that narrative that it's trying to tell of like this yeah. corruption of this like beautiful innocent. That's like, yeah. if it weren't for Tom Parker, like ruined everything. And I was just like, he's such an obvious villain that like the scene where he's having, it's very early where he's getting them to sign the initial contract or yeah. whatever. You're just like, any like person who was actually existing in this scene if a person was yeah. acting this way in front of you would be like this guy's very shady and full of shit i yeah I, I don't think we should do this he's a weird yeah. character i don't trust him exactly <laughs> but yet at like, every was... turn it's just like oh yeah but it's tom hanks right yeah. it's just so yeah. weird dude it's there's so no weird. room for there's no room for a twist in tom hanks being america's sweetheart it's just it's really hard to buy him as a villain Sam's just, Lady Killers, but like, yeah, yeah. and I mean, but, road, to, yeah. road to Perdition, right? Is always yeah. the example people go for, but that's like, you know, villain with a heart of gold sort of thing. So, yeah. um, but yeah, just bizarre to me that he was so amped on playing the role, though. Like, yeah, again, everything you hear was just like, oh, I've always wanted to play Colonel Tom Parker. Yeah. I'm like, what does that say about you, Tom? I don't know. I, I feel like it was just probably just an extension of like, you know, I, as a as a creative, I do like to challenge myself. So I feel like he's probably a huge Elvis fan and yeah. would have loved to tackle something like that. But, you know, I'm, just, I'm such a huge Tom Hanks fan that it's like hard for me to. I can't I can't picture like who else would have done really well. I don't know. I don't know. I, mean, I, I don't have any. Yeah. I mean, the, ob- <laughs> I don't know the obvious answer though. is the obvious answer is Giamatti. Oh like, yeah, Giamatti is like a, a oh, he would, yeah. You would have crushed just, that. Just leaning into the southern accent, like, did he would have had a ball, and it would have oh, been yeah. totally like, totally believable. Um, Do you watch Billions? Um, I have attempted to like watch Billions, and then I always get sidetracked with other things. I've never made it past yeah. the first season, uh, but I do love Giamatti, Dude, and he is roll. very good in what I've seen of the show. If but, you yeah. make it to the, if you make it to the end of the first season and don't want to watch the second one, I will pay you $50. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But then isn't it just a Showtime show that goes on for like three or four seasons longer than it needs to? And uh, Actually, <laughs> so there was, I think the perception was made for that because, you know, the two seasons Shameless. ago. Homeland. Yeah. Dexter. Yeah. Exactly. Two <laughs> Do I need to ago- go on? California. No, you don't. But I see uh, Ray Donovan. <laughs> Continue. Sorry. <laughs> they lost their lead. They lost like the guy that like. Yeah, yeah, Damian Lewis. Going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Up against who? Damian Lewis did a great job in that too. But, That's um, my other big issue. Is I've I've never gotten it. I don't really? get. I don't get the Damian Lewis thing. I really don't. Lieutenant Winters? <laughs> no, not at all. Dude, I I will give him Band of Brothers. I will give him Band of Brothers, but I struggle to. I struggle to come up with another one where I'm not like, why was he once upon a time in Hollywood? Perfect example. I was like, really, really Damien Lewis is Steve McQueen. This is who you want. (laughs) I'm like, I know it's only one scene, but Damien Lewis. Okay. All right. One line the entire time, but, uh, he wasn't Lieutenant winners. Who was he in band brothers? I know he was, I mean, he was the lead. No, he He was was basically. Yeah. It's winters. I think it's winters. Yeah. 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 Uh, so when he left, they got. I'm. It's so bad uh, Corey Stoll. Corey Stoll. So Corey Stoll becomes. This, dude, this late. is my superpower. By the way, is I know details about shows that I don't even watch because that's how broken my brain is for nice. podcast and TV and all of it swirling together. Where I'm like, I well, just know not, that he's taken over and that Damian Lewis is on the show. Yeah. But yeah. it's all good, dude. I always have the name yeah, in my exactly. back pocket. Yeah. Right there you go. But uh he's actually doing a great job and I feel like I'm one of six people still watching that show. But my the, boss is tapped out on it this season. Yeah. Yeah, the the storyline dynamics I think are interesting, but that could just be I'm I'm kind of starved right now for entertainment. Hey, I I don't bring this up because they need to be compared because I actually after watching some of Billions I I realized I was like, "Oh, I don't know why people were even comparing these to begin with." Yeah. But do you watch Succession? Yes. Okay. And are you all okay? <laughs> I'm all caught up. Yeah. I mean, 
And again, not that they need to be compared, because again, I think they are very different shows, but we can agree that like Succession is far superior, correct? Yes, 100%. Okay. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll get on that train. That is, but I, I think, I, I think, that is, I, I think, inarguably, think... like the most well written and executed show currently yeah. on television. Like yeah. the, the dialogue and the way they shoot literally office scenes and they feel like they are action sequences in a Michael Bay or a Michael Mann movie, like that level of tension. And you're like, it's people talking in rooms. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. you should go rewatch Friday Night Lights then. (laughs) Oh, for sure. It it, it totally happens. I just finished season four. I don't think I ever got like past season three when I was a kid. And now it's just like a comfort thing because I'm just like, all right, whatever. It's like football, but now I'm in it and it's, it's wild. But yeah, I think I, I I like those things where like a lot of the drama is hinged on the story, not so much what's happening on screen. So like yeah. there are these like unseen stakes that characters like watching. I love watching an actor have to react to something that I can't relate to or see, mm-hmm. and like that that's like a gauge of how well they project the human experience. You know, like oh snap. There's a lot of stuff happening. I'm not even personally involved, but I want this to work out, you know? Yeah. So I think that's, that's why I like billions because I can never relate to the problems I go through. And like also the argument against billions is like a lot of the stuff seems really just like pushed and contrived. Like I, I read a decent amount of books and everything in billions is kind of like handpicked from things like famous food writers have written mm-hmm. about. And it's just like, there's a perfect, in one of the scenes in the later seasons of Billions, there's like this scene where they're at this like really expensive meal that like nobody can afford. It's supposed to be a secret, but it was just like hand picked from Anthony Bourdain's second book, uh-huh. like scene by scene, line by line. And I don't know if it was an homage or they just stole it, but <laughs> I almost stopped at that point. But like the greater storyline still kept me intact. So like right. if you. If you push through some of the stuff, you're like, all right, that's kind of stupid. There's more stakes involved. But succession is a way better portrayal of rich people problems. Of rich assholes, yes. Yep. Um, oh my god. Uh okay. I one one more movie recommendation. If you're looking for something spooky, so again, House of Gucci I actually had a great time with. It's on Amazon Prime. Um I like a big long like dude it talk about capital a acting by everybody involved i had a good time dude some of the best pacino yelling in years yes uh jared leto who i mostly find insufferable is like you definitely can't take your eyes off him in that crazy fat suit doing like the weirdest accent ever adam driver's maybe the best actor of his generation so there's that and i thought lady gaga was great in it so i mean lady gaga um, is so understated in everything i've seen her in like she's uh she's going for it in this one but she's commit you know a lot of people were like harshing on the accent i guess based on the trailer and stuff seeing like the full scope of the performance and seeing it in the movie i'm like it doesn't like no it doesn't it's not as off like five minutes into it you're like that's what she sounds like okay cool moving on yeah and i i thought she was quite good in it i enjoyed it it's it it would not have cracked my top 10 last year or anything but i you know I didn't regret checking it out. It's Ridley Scott, dude. I mean, not even one of my like top 50 favorite directors, but like dude knows how to make a movie. I will say that. So uh, anyway, so I did like Gucci, uh, Elvis, not quite as much, uh, but a movie I will hugely advocate for. If you have a shutter subscription, it's available free on there right now, but it's rentable on all your other BOD stuff. It's called Watcher. Yeah, he's my girlfriend, so I've got it. Yeah. Yeah, I'll check it out. Uh, it's called Watcher. Stars Micah Monroe. You would know her from It Follows and The Guest. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I believe a first-time female director might be her second feature. I forget. Uh, really, really good. I don't want to tell you too much about it, but it's a good, uh, easier way into uh, the spooky season as well. Uh, nice yeah. little slow burn horror. Uh, definitely some Hitchcock elements and also reminded me a lot of like early Argento movies where there's like, there's something going on in the background of the city 
that's not really a, at yeah. play with our main character but then you're kind of like wait should we be looking over like should right. we be checking out this yeah uh yeah so without spoiling too much check that out just a great tight little thriller super satisfying i thought it was like very very effective got super creeped out me and my girlfriend last night so uh yeah, yeah highly recommend uh watcher which is available on shutter um that's pretty much it for me i will remind people uh i make music under the moniker narc that's lowercase n capital a r k uh my latest album called flowerhead came out this past friday thank you to anybody who has checked it out thus far Personal and... testimony, I listened to it while I was doing a bunch of analytics coding and spot on. It helped awesome. pass the time. It's, it's very, the vibes were on point. It's very well mixed. <laughs> Everything sat really nicely from a audio file. And uh, yeah, it sounded great. And it's awesome. So you guys should definitely check Thank that you, out. Man. Uh, and I will be playing some tracks from said album uh, at my first ever live show where I will be in support of Mr. Will Rowe and his friend Bo Douglas. They're playing at Elliott Borough Mini Bar September 10th. That's here in Charleston. If you're a uh, Charleston listener, Elliott Borough Mini Bar 7 to 10 on September 10th. Uh, I'll be on somewhere in the midst of there. I'm not opening, thankfully. I'm, I'm just buried in the the midst of the set list we'll figure it out uh but yeah so if you want to come here's some of those tunes and some uh some f- cool on the spot improvs where i just make beats on the spot we're going to try that too and hopefully not embarrass myself so uh yeah anything anything you want to plug sir before we wrap out uh nothing too much we're going to the studio this saturday to see what happens you might hear from that soon depending on how quickly it gets mixed we'll figure it out but we do have some stuff on the horizon also if you are listening to this podcast and do like the show primal and have not gone back and watched like og season one dexter's lab go do that because there are a bunch of parallels that you will notice and it's gonna just make oh, the, the entire show the, better the touchstones that run through the man's career are definitely something to try and that's the thing that yeah. allows people to have all these crazy fan theories right now relating to Primal. Yep. But, uh, yeah, yeah i uh i was kind of in the midst of a samurai jack rewatch uh a couple months back and i forget what i got sidetracked by but uh i've been thinking about dipping back into that that'll probably be my first order of business as soon as uh as soon as primal yeah. ends honestly so yeah yeah uh all right well those are our recommendations and we are very excited to rejoin you next week to talk i don't know what the episode's gonna be called so we'll figure it out then but uh until then uh, i have been noah still mikey and this has been primal pod and cast thank you for listening <laughs>